Welcome to another podcast from Fire Church Ministries. We hope you enjoy this message by special guest Lisa McGuinness Smith. Good morning. Hi, how are you? I'm really excited to be here because you're just down the street from me. You're not very far away. It's so funny sometimes. Um, recently, I've been to Florida to speak for 20 minutes. So the nature of my job, you know, is that I get paid to talk. You know, it's really every woman's dream. It's the dream job. Little did I know when I was going through school that I could have put down on my career options, get paid to talk. Who, who, who would like this occupation? Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Oh, thanks, sweetheart. That's my husband, Colin, too. And in fact, without him, I wouldn't get anywhere. He gets me from country to country, city to city, church to church, event to event. He's the left side of my brain. He's the logical engineer, and he gave up his um, partnership in an engineering business to join with me after we got married. So we had massive changes. Um, so. You heard the little intro. Um, at the moment, I would be known as a motivational speaker, um, an expert in peak performance, high-level leadership, and building high-performing teams. That's my little byline in the marketplace. But what I really am is God's secret agent. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've got no illusions about who I am. I remember very clearly where he pulled me out of. He pulled me out of a very deep, yucky pit and put me on a sound, stable foundation of Jesus Christ and then sent me out. And I thought, before I talk to you about more about business. It'll be really good for you to know how I actually got into business and, and, and why. Because, you know, I'm trained as a sports psychologist, so I'm educated to um, work with high-performing athletes. And that's not so strange because my two brothers were professional tennis players, as was my father, semi-professional. But he was one of the best in his age bracket from maybe age 20 to age 78. So, you know, I was around high-performing men. But my mum actually took the family from rags to riches in business. So I had this very interesting role model. Both my parents come out of poverty. Um, I'm the first person in my family to ever complete a degree. And so when you look at our family in one generation, what God has done. So we, I, we now have three children, grown-up children, and two little grandchildren. So we're in a different season now. But I think it's really important for you to get, how do we get from there to here? And all of this has been in the marketplace. Do you know, we, we live most of our life with people that are unchurched, unredeemed, and hence we love coming into the church. Like the sweetness today of just walking in and just hanging out with people that love, trust and worship God. We just get completely refueled really quickly. We've had to learn to get refueled really quickly because we know we're refueled and pushed out. Because when I very first got saved, I was 26, I was a promotions manager in the nightclub, a, a big place called the Tok H in Turak. And I was a messy person. Do you know, I was, I was lost. I didn't really know who I was. I was crying out, somebody notice me. Little did I know what God had planned down the track. I was going to get a lot of notice. 
Do, do you know sometimes you wonder why you worry about stuff? Does God not know the desires of our heart? And yet if we do it in our own strength, we end up with some imitation form. Do you know, and I had the wrong type of attention back then. And I hung out with the wrong type of people. And I did a lot of damage to myself. But God doesn't care where we come from. He only cares if we're willing to just turn to him and go, I need help. You know three hardest words for Australians, New Zealanders and Pacific Islanders? I need help. Why? Because we are so prideful. We so would prefer to look good than to learn. This is a frightening thing that I have discovered in the marketplace. So consider I teach high performance, how to move people from where they are to where they want to be. Two things we know. You can't move from where you are unless you're completely honest about where you're beginning. Now, notice, without God, it's really hard to be completely honest. We are the land of the great pretenders. Look good, look good, look good. Look like you've got it together. Don't ask for help. Just look cool. And God says, come to me just as you are and just tell me exactly what you're struggling with. Be completely open and honest. And he said, I can transform you into everything that you aspire to be. So how funny that God taught me in academia how to move from where you are to where you want to be. And then he showed me later how to really do it. I think it's funny. And I laugh a lot. If I didn't laugh at myself, I would be always stressed. Just imagine. So I'll give you a little taste. Colin and I, in the last three weeks, we've done a tour called The Future of Leadership. So it's just been going, big convention centres, Brisbane, Sydney and Melbourne, talking to the business leaders across the community. Big events, big, and 10 of the best speakers in the country, often all together one program. No pressure. None. So if you're worried about your reputation, you'd be stressed all the time. Because there's always someone better than you. And maybe they're all better than you. And I think this is what I've learned in God, is that it's my job to show up with the gifts he's given me and give what I've got. Not what Daniel's got, not what Chelsea's got, not what you've got. Because you know what? When I look at what you've got and think, oh, I can't give that, this is correct. I can't give what you've got. I can only show up with what he's put in my hand and give what I've got. And that has taken a lot of pressure off me because I've stopped trying to be what other people want me to be. And just, that's how do we give what I've got. And in the process, I have written seven best-selling books. The only problem with that is I've written 10 books. Three complete duds. <laughs> so I could have written three complete duds and gone, I'm not a writer. I can't do this. This is too hard. You need to fix me. Am I not very good? No, that thing's not very good. Oh, Kieran, you're. Will we go to this? Is that all right? Thank you, Kieran. Kieran, hold on, Kieran, come here, please. Thank you. Chocolate, it's a wonderful thing to carry. You know, when I come to church, I always have chocolate in my handbag. I never have any trouble getting someone to sit next to me. Because everybody knows in my church that Lisa has chocolate. And, you know, part of that is learning to turn up with your gift. And part of my gift is to be generous. I love to share. 
It is the gift of my mother and my mother taught me that it was joyful. My mother came from poverty and yet had the gift of generosity. So interesting that I have it too, but I've got a lot. And my mum had a little. And it's been a very good reminder to turn up with what I've got wherever I go and actually be ready to give. So this is the part of business that we have to get. That whether you're in the church, which we're all in all the time, because personally, if I'm the church, then wherever I go, I'm in church. That's the way I see it. So when I walk into a big seminar and I turn up, church has arrived. Because the Holy Spirit's in Colin and I, and we bring the church with us. So we don't go to church. We go to gather with believers. And then we go and take what we know to unbelievers who actually need what we have, even if they don't know it. But they often do know it because they often say, I want what you've got. And I'll go, are you sure? Because, <laughs> I mean, that's funny because even when the tennis player, an American tennis player who partnered my brother led me to the Lord at 26. He was staying in my home and, you know, I watched him for weeks and I just said to him one day, I want what you've got. Now, I had a lot. I had a really cool, successful career at that stage and a cute looking boyfriend and great parents I come from an amazing home and I had everything really but I saw something about him that I immediately noticed I do not have what he's got and I said I want what you've got and he said I've got Jesus and I went oh I'm not sure that I want that. And I did this sign. How funny is it that you put the cross up? Do you know? I'm not sure if I want that. And I love the fact that while he was staying in my home, that God had sent someone from the other side of the world who he knew could bring the gospel, the good news to me personally in my own home, hand-delivered, that God would do that, that blew me away. That's how much he loves us personally. That he'll do whatever it takes and go to great lengths to bring one. And you know, funnily enough, the first prayer I ever prayed was really unbelieving. I said, if you can do something with my life, you can have me. That is a very dangerous prayer to pray. <laughs> do you know, because God looks at the heart. He could see, I really, if you could do something, you can have me. Like, I wasn't saying, oh, you can have a little bit of me. I just said, you can have me. If you're for real... And, you know, I just cried buckets of tears that day. And that was the most strategic turning point because I truly recognised at that point in time I was just so sinful, so messy, so broken, even though I looked really good to other people. I recognised, wow, I'm really lost. And he turned me around just like that, just turned me around but I was a closet Christian for six months. Do you know when you're in an unbelieving environment, you don't know what to do? So you know what I did? And I think this is really important in business, is that I got my Bible. It wasn't a big one like this. It was a little tiny one that he gave me. I got my Bible and I just read it a lot. In my bedroom, quietly, all on my own, I just kept putting the word of God in. Six months I did that. I was not bold. I was not courageous. I was not anything. I was still sort of going along, except that I had changed. And every day I read more, I changed more. And think about it. You know, I knew all about mindset. I knew all about positive thinking. I knew all about training the brain. I knew a great deal. And yet just... 
a few sentences straight from God was transforming the way I did life. I mean, I remember reading, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where is that? Does anyone know where it is? Romans where? 12 where? Who was that who called it out? You get chocolate. 12, 1 and 2. See, Romans 1 and 2, will it be a problem if I walk out of the light? Just don't go too far. Is that what you're trying to say to me? Okay. So uh, I just want to find out what are the promises... Romans or what? And what does it promise? You know, I don't know what you're talking about, but I like you. (laughs) Um, Could I just ask if I give you chocolates, maybe don't throw them out. Is that all right? Because I'm insured against the damage of chocolate throwing, but you aren't. All right? Just maybe keep them and pass them down your line, but don't throw them. That'd be great because they hit people. So I'm looking for a little bit of insight from you. If I knew that being transformed by the renewing of my mind was changing my life moment by moment, day by day, what are the words of God that you hold on really tightly to and never let go of and you never let anybody ever tell you that they're not true? You never let anyone modify this truth. You've just hold it to be absolutely evident in your life. So for me, such as God is good. I don't mean just like an idea in my head. It's like it doesn't matter how much bad happens. It's not God. God is good. He's always good. He loves me completely. I am his workmanship made in Christ Jesus for good works and I've got good works to do and it doesn't matter how much stuff comes down the pipeline at me that's tough. God is good. God is good. Because some people use scripture like it's a bit of academic information. Instead of it's something you actually imbibe. You chew it, you eat it, you drink it, and it's you, it's your life. And when it said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, I realised, even though I had been very much renewed to positive thinking, that I now needed to put the Word of God in instead of all the positives. Now, let me just get, don't, there's nothing wrong with positive thinking. It's always better than negative thinking. All right, always better. There's hardly any situations where it's not. The question is, but the Word of God has a power that is supernatural that can actually change what's happening in the cells of your body and in your brain. So think about it. How do you get healing? It has to happen inside the cells of your body. You know, 39 times he was whipped. And they say that there's 39 different disease groups that have to be conquered. And that there's an analogy then between, hey, he was whipped and he was injured. But God was trying to tell us something. In every detail of the life of Christ, there is something supernatural for us. So right now, I'm praying for my best friend's son to be healed of a diagnosis of malignant cancer in his neck. But I believe he is already healed. I have prayed and believed there is a journey. But I will not listen to or entertain anything else but that God is good, faithful and true and he loves to heal. Now, you can imagine, I don't get to talk about any of this stuff when I speak. But this is who I am. And so when I talk in the business audiences, they just get the overflow of everything that God has done in me. So, you know, he says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, filled means it's got to overflow. The cup's not full unless it's flowing over the top. Otherwise, it's just nearly full. So to flow over the top, it has to be up and running and over. So I I just want to hear quickly, what are some of the scriptures that have fueled your life? So one of the ones that have fueled my life, be anxious for nothing. My mother has been a warrior her whole life. 
and I was not taking that into the next generation. I was going to be worry-free. I was going to not go down that pathway. Now, that's a big decision to be worry-free, to be anxious for nothing. And I don't know about you, but I've had a few problems. Finances sometimes elude me. Ever had a problem with finances? Who, who finds it sometimes that you've got more month at the end of the money? Come on, put your hand up. Yeah. It's like, oh my goodness, what have I done? Now, we might be dumb with our, our money management, but God is the provider of all things. So what, what's, what's the scripture, please, that sustains your life? Yeah, yeah, over there, I see you. Beautiful. I'm going to repeat it. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. How many of you have a sound mind? All right, how many of you have still been depressed, but you've got a sound mind? Come on, come on, tell me. Come on, besides me. See, because the truth is we have a sound mind. No matter what trouble your mind is going through, we have a sound mind because it's made by God. All right, I'm, th- this is for you. Ready? Hard to catch, I know. Let, let, let's just go one, one at a time. All right, what's another scripture that actually just locks you in? Yeah, please. Oh, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm, we're going for ones. Yeah, please. Oh, I love that one. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Finish it off. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, and he will make your path straight. One. Beautiful. Someone else. Yeah, over there. I see that hand. Yeah, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and finish it off. You can say it again. Oh, I love it. That was your own version. Yep. And all you need will be provided. But he's right. But notice I'm waiting to see. Oh, hi. You got one for me? How old are you? Ten. Go on, give me one. Oh, hold on. You, you can tell them. For God so loved the world, he gave his only God son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Team effort, team effort. All right, hold on. You get chocolate for the whole group. Just, oh yeah, there we go. Go on, Chelsea. Oh yeah, I am my beloved and he is mine. And if you, if you were beloved, you'd get more chocolate, wouldn't you? <laughs> so just sort of work on. Oh, yeah, go on. Do the crackly. Oh, yeah, got a crackly voice. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what the Lord has in store for those who, who love him. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. No eye has seen, no ear has heard. Here, coming, coming your way. You. Yes, go on, up there. Oh, yeah, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Here we go. Here we go. One each, there's two of you. Okay, so just, all I'm doing is checking out the church. Okay. So, so what am I doing? I'm checking. Do you have the word of God in you? You can't chew on it if it's not in you. You can't dwell upon it if you're not thinking about it. And me, who actually understood how powerful words are, that words make you or break you. Words build you up or tear you down. Words are the things that build a bridge. They build a bridge between us and the marketplace. Your words. What's coming out of your mouth? Do you know... What is the marketplace? It's relationship with people. So let's just have a look at who's in the marketplace. How many of you, you have your own business, please? Give me a wave. Okay, stand up. Everyone has their own business. These people need a lot of prayer. All right, so just, just think about why they need a lot of prayer. They need a lot of prayer because they carry the weight of the income. They carry the buck stops with them. I know what this feels like. And for how many of you has it been a roller coaster ride besides me? 
Okay, so just to be in your own business takes a lot of faith. Lunacy or faith? Okay, so firstly, I want you, I want you just to now have a look. How many of you that are in the room, you don't have your own business, but you work for someone that has a business? Go on, you work for someone else that owns the business. Stand up. Now, it's interesting as people judge, they're like, oh, do I? Now, what about, is there anyone in this room, you actually work for someone that has the business of a school? So you need to stand up too if you're a teacher. And is there anyone that works for the business of a hospital? You're in the medical profession. Because today they've almost made everything into, if it's not a profit centre, it goes. So look how many people are standing now. So now I'm going to pray for you. Let's pray for how we interface and interact with the marketplace. Now, I don't know about how you pray in this church, but I pray like this. Uh, Let me tell you why. I was raised Catholic, so I learnt this. But when I was teaching RE in my local primary school, I was always finished the class with a prayer for the kids. And I taught them this. But one little boy did this. I thought he was being very naughty. So I said to him, Joshua, what are you doing? And he looks at me with beautiful, just teary eyes. And he said, Mrs. Mack, I need a lot of help. And I said to the kids from that day on, you can pray any way you want. And the kids all did this. So I call it the giant funnel. Everybody put your giant funnel up, whether you're sitting or standing. Father God, we just open our arms right now. We open our big giant funnel because we need a lot of help. Lord, we understand that you are the source of all help. Father, whether it's our business, our relationship, our finances, Lord, you are our helper. You are our strong tower and we're running into you right now by faith. We are tucking in under your arm and we are asking for your holy presence to fill and infiltrate everything that we do and say that concerns us and the relationships we have with the marketplace. Lord God, we're asking for your inspiration. Inspire us. Show us what to do on a daily basis. Show us what not to do, what to stop doing. And show us how much time we should spend in your presence listening to you. Lord, we thank you as we lift our hands. We know that to the world this is a crazy thing to open up our hearts, our heads and our arms to a God that cannot be seen. But Lord, every one of us has experienced your divine touch somewhere. And we are asking that we would experience it in greater measure that it would become more obvious, not just to us, but for those who deal with us. And we thank you, Father, for filling us to overflowing in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. All right, have a seat. From now on, remember, giant funnel prayers. Lots of giant funnel. So let me just then just click over to just a little piece about how God has strategically done good for us, all right? What's he done? What Colin and I have discovered in business that God does very different ways with us. That when he asks us to do something, it doesn't seem like it's a good business idea. Do you know, it just doesn't seem like what other people are doing. Example. The biggest opportunity that ever came to us was to open up the American market for us. So we're little speakers in Australia, travelling around. Firstly, we went school to school and then we went small business to small business. You know, and it got bigger audiences, but we were very much in Australia. And then we were at a conference in Canberra and the people that ran the business conference also were Christians. So they said, will you give your testimony on the Sunday? Oh, we said, we'd love to. So we got to the Sunday and the Americans that were guests spoke before us. 
and they were really good like really their story was so inspiring and I was meant to get up and and do my um, testimony and then finish off and I sensed the Holy Spirit say shh don't you add your bit we don't need your bit it's like but wait a minute I've been asked to speak it's my big chance to show them and if I don't speak the Americans won't get to hear me because I knew that they had great possibilities. They could easily take me to their business. But the Holy Spirit said, no, we don't need you. So I got up and I said, Lord, to the audience, you know, to everyone, hey, that was the most amazing testimony. And I really feel led by God to leave, to finish on that note so that we go out thinking about all that they have shared. And inside of me, I went, (laughs) I missed my big opportunity. You know, they came to me afterwards and said, we actually want you to come and speak for our conference. I said, you didn't even hear me speak. They said, no, but the reason we're asking you is not because of what you've said, but because of what you didn't say. That the fact that you would listen to God and not have to add your bit. They said, you'll fit perfectly into our business. Whoa. In other words, it wouldn't have mattered how fantastic I was. It wasn't a door opener. And this is the interesting part about being in the marketplace with God. Is that do we actually listen and obey? I've got to tell you that the gospel's pretty straightforward. God is not that complicated. Trust and obey, there is no other way. I think I learnt that song. Who else learnt that song? I didn't even grow up in, in, in churches that had that type of song. But I've got to tell you, when I first came to the Lord at 26, I started listening to lots of kids' music that came out of um, churches like yours because they were singing all the, all the truths of the gospel. And I needed to brainwash myself. I don't know about you, I'd come out of the world and I needed to wash my brain. Like, I was full of songs that weren't very helpful. Do you know? You know how easy it is? It's easier to sing a lie than it is to say it. So when we actually sing along with songs that don't say anything that builds us up, we're actually missing the goodness of God. I don't know what you sing, but I'm just going to tell you, I truly believe that all the business success that has come now has been tested in the private space of my marriage. So the hardest challenges for Colin and I have been very personal. Do you know, I don't know about you, how many of you are married? How many of you married someone that was quite opposite to you, like really different to you? Yeah, so look at us all. Now, here's the problem with that. We're attracted to the opposite because we can see that they would complete us. The only trouble is we have to spend the rest of our lives learning how to live with them. All right? How many of you? It's, you're still working stuff out. So Colin and I are very willing to admit we are so different. I came from a really upbeat culture. Positive family, positive, positive. He came from quite a negative family. I came from the most loving, expressed affection. Colin never heard I love you. It was assumed they were good people. They they were um, in a church and doing life, but they were not expressive at all. So we're very, we're very different. And we've had a lot of stuff to work out. But the first place that God tested me was in sexual purity. And you know, I wasn't going to talk about this, but as I was sitting there in the worship, I felt God highlight this to me. So this, I think, I'm doing this totally out of left field. That when I first got saved, I, I was completely immoral. I'd had far too many partners. 
I've been looking for love in all the wrong places. But the first thing when God took me was said, trust me. Trust me, I will bring you, I will bring you a partner, a life partner. And in that trust me, it meant stop it. Stop everything. Just stop it. It was like it was that clear. And I was going out with a guy that I've been going out with for four years. So I said to him, can we just stop it? And he said, no. And I said, I can't. I said, the conviction in my heart is so clear that I want to be clean. And you know what? He just walked away. I went, four years? What was I thinking? I don't know about you, but I'm finding today that the women of today are putting up with four years, eight years, waiting for blokes, going out with them, giving them a bit of what they want. And I'm telling you, no one's getting what they want. Nobody. So he walked out on me and I realised then I had to clean up my life. I said, God, I'll give you six months to find me a godly man. Do you know, because I changed. And I remember looking at the pastor on the stage thinking, well, he could work for me. Do you know, I was such an optimist. But in that time, God brought nobody. All he kept saying is, hang out with me, hang out with me. I'm the lover of your soul. I'm it. I'm it. And I spent so much time in the Word of God. It's why I know the Word of God. You know, I can't always tell you where it's from, but I know exactly what the instructions are because I'm obedient. If I've learnt nothing else, I am very obedient. And you know what? In this, that Word of God, He taught me a whole new way to love. And so I could say no to the temptation that came. I could actually wait and you know I waited a lot longer than I thought because I thought God was slow I waited six months 12 months two years three years four years and so it rolled from 26 to 32 when I met Colin and when I met Colin he was just like I used to be and I went no way buddy Oh, I should say, just before I met Colin, a really nice guy rang me like 40 times. And I was so gun-shy and so careful that it took me that long before I would actually meet him. Because it just seemed something, I'm going to say there was a little check in my spirit, I just didn't know what it was. So I finally turned up at the cafe to meet him with a girlfriend. So think about it, I'm 30 years of age and I've brought a chaperone. And, and I want you to get this. This is me doing things God's way. This is the new me, the born again virgin, the girl that trusts God. I'm white. I'm brand new. The past is washed away. Everything that was old is gone. Gone. But I didn't trust myself, so I brought a chaperone. Okay, like, you know, if temptation is in your way, put in place whatever it takes to get you into the right headspace. So we turned up, and as soon as I walked in with this gorgeous-looking male face, I leaned in at the cafe and I said, are you married? I don't know why I'd never asked it before, 30 phone calls. He said, yes. I said, do you have children? He said, three daughters. You should have seen what I did next. I grabbed my girlfriend's hand. I ran out of the cafe. I didn't say sorry. I didn't say can't stay. I ran. Because I've learned flee sin. Like run so far, so far. Don't, don't double think it. Don't go be polite. It's like 
He was a wolf in sheep's clothing. He'd been so sweet. I feel like it was the last big tester. And then not long after I met Colin, so I was really... And we met at a singles party that I ran. <laughs> anyway, he wanted my phone number and I'm like, nah, I don't think so. So in the end, I compromised and gave him my business card. See that? Compromised. And he rang for the next six weeks. Mr. Smooth IBM businessman. And I just didn't pick up. The journey... We've got too much. The story's too long to go there. But it suffice to say, God had to radically save him and transform him and clean him up before he was ready for me. And I did everything in my power to do that. But I did let him come to church. I just happened to be the preacher. And he, got, he was like right there in, on the front row, exactly where he was when it was out at Berwick. A little tiny hall in Berwick, 40 people, no atmosphere, no magnificent worship team like yours. Like, and he just got radically saved. So the partnership was, though, the purity. You know, I said to him, first encounter conversation, I don't believe in sex before marriage. Let's just get that out of the way. Do you see, I knew, be completely honest. This is who I am. I might be 32 years of age. I'm not going to tell you my history, but I'm just telling you I don't believe in sex before marriage. It was so clear. And he just looks at me and he goes, hmm, well, I've tried it every other way. could try this. <laughs> he had no idea what he was stepping into. But God. So no way did I marry him until he was completely cleaned up and ready to go. But see, we still had a history. So purity, learning how to create purity of thought and deed in our own private life has been such a big journey. I believe it's the preparation for public life. So to be to have a reputation in the marketplace, you need to be clean. Because how will we ever shine and stand out in a very polluted marketplace? Everyone knows how to brand themselves, look good. Do you know? Get themselves the byline. Get yourself your social media profile. You can look good on every platform. But all God's interested in is your cleanliness. So we're now married, 26 years, three children. You know, like, come on. But all of this is to say that that husband in the front row left his engineering practice, stepped into the ministry that I had, which was speaking, partnered with me. We sacrificed the money. We trusted God that he would provide. We had two babies really fast to really mess up the pattern. So I wasn't quite as capable to do what we were doing. We still had to trust God, walk it out, get counselling, get more counselling, get more counselling. We have asked for a lot of help. And even in the last two years, we have still got counselling. Because we are not afraid of saying, we are not the perfect package. We are people in learning mode. And we may have only just finished our apprenticeship. Do you know, maybe, maybe the next 20 years are going to be our best years. But see the perspective for business? The perspective is personal Purity creates public something. What's, what's a good P word? Presence, beautiful. Public presence. And in our business, public presence is absolutely 
essential to being effective. I, I just want you to stand up. If you need your personal life cleaned up in any way, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Let's just, let's just start there. Just if you've got some stuff in your life that, you know, it's a struggle. It's in your head or in your body or in your life. It doesn't matter where it is. He knows. All right? Remember, what's repentance? Repentance is firstly going, I'm sorry. And the next thing is saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. Turn and go the opposite direction. Repentance. Don't go that way. Go this way. Do it a completely different way. All right? Because that's a God way. Okay, Put your giant funnels again. Here we go. Come on. Father God, you see our bodies, you see our minds, you see our lives, you see our struggles. And Father, we are coming to completely submit ourselves to you so that we might be so overflowing with your purity, with your beauty, that it might attract people, Father, to do business with us, to do life with us. Father, we thank you that you have a way that's higher than our way and we want to go the highway. I don't want to go the slow, sluggish way, Lord, and neither do my friends. We want to go the highway with you. We are asking, Father God, our Daddy, hear our hearts cry, help us, show us, give us conviction where to clean up our thinking, our personal practices, what we listen to on music or radio or TV or movies. Purify our thinking. Lord, keep the images that constantly tempt us far from us. Deliver us from evil. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, have a seat. Now, how many of you can actually just feel some sense of relief even praying that? Like, just give me a little wave. Okay, so I just want you to get that God's ways in this area are not what we think. You know, my husband had a business practice that was godless. And someone died and one partner he didn't even get along with and he might have made a lot of money but it was soulless. And then he joined me and went into something that was God-breathed we have to trust God every day. We didn't know we we're going to go on the roller coaster of our lives financially. Learning to trust God, to see the goodness of God in the land. And this is a day by day trust. Business is relationships with people, it's their perception of you. It's whether they think that you have something that they want to connect to and do business with. Some people just employ me because they say, I don't know what it is about you, but I'd like you to come into my business. Yeah, I don't say, it's God. I go, I'd love to come and help. And I don't even have to talk about God. I have to talk about what they need to hear in their business. And in due process, they will get to hear about the Lord in my life. In due process. Bless people with life so seeing as we've got this gorgeous singer and musician up here can I just say you're amazing you're amazing Samoan oh wow and I've just come I've just come back from Tonga and the people of this of the Pacific are just gorgeous oh my goodness they're gorgeous people and I mean you're a little angel there aren't you so I, I, think, I think just while we've got our angel playing, it would be really good just to let anyone that needs to just get started with God or restart, I think we should do that. Because I couldn't give you any better business advice than to get yourself tucked in under God's arm. Stop trying to have all the knowledge and having to do everything. If I had to do everything that my associates did, I'd be exhausted. And I'm not exhausted because I don't run around like an absolute mad woman trying to be the market, market, market. I listen and God tells me what to do. So some of you, you need to restart the way you do business and the way you relate to God. 
So if you need to get started or restart, just give me a wave. Quick, we'll, we'll pray for you first. That's it. All right, stand up where you are. Don't have to come out. Just stand up. Restarting, get starting, doesn't matter either way. Could, could I get somebody, please, that's around these people? Just someone, just touch their arm. Just show that you're with them, partner with them. Just show that you're with them. Just touch their arm. That's right. Beautiful. Father God, we just lift these gorgeous brothers and sisters up to you. Father, they know that they need to get on the God journey in a new way. They need to connect one-on-one with you. And Father, I'm just asking right now that you would just so fill them with your Spirit that they would feel fresh, new, refreshed, that they would sense the goodness of God upon them, that they would absolutely just feel infused even while they're standing there with people touching them. Yes, Lord, we know that we get love through other people. So we thank you for every hand that represents God with skin on supporting us, loving us, cheering us on. If ever there's a place to get help, here it is. So Father, as we stand in Your presence right here, right now, we just want to confess that we need a fresh start. So everyone that's standing, can you just repeat after me? Lord, I need a fresh start. Be with me. Forgive me, Lord, of all my own efforts. Show me Your ways. Fill me with your strength, clean up my mind and give me a vision for the future. I ask for your Holy Spirit to go with me into the future and direct my paths. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks for listening to another message from Fire Church Ministries. For more messages like this one or for other information, check out our website at firechurch.com.au.